Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Making America Strong Again. The only program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation. With stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Join fellow patriots as we rediscover our past, reignite our future, and celebrate America now. Welcome to Making America Strong Again. This is Steve Olds, your host, and it's a privilege to be with you today. We are excited about the progress that we are making here across the country over the course of the early part of 2016. There are a lot of things that are happening in our nation that are worthy of attention. And today we're going to focus on one of the elements that really makes America a strong place. And that's the idea of mentoring. We're going to drill down into why we need mentoring, what the value is from both directions, from the perspective of the mentor and the mentee. Why would I want to get mentored by somebody? What are some of the reasons that make sense? And then why is it worth the time and energy to sow into somebody else's life? We'll drill down into those things. And before we get started, I just want to give a quick shout out to those that are uh, downloading our podcasts. I want to thank our, our friends at Small Biz America, David Wolf and Company, who are doing a great job putting the information out across multiple uh, channels so that our message of making America strong again can reach a lot of people. We really appreciate that. And we're excited about the impact that it's making in communities all over the nation. We're starting to get a lot of traction with people that are interested in really developing leadership, developing small businesses, pursuing entrepreneurship, working together. And there's beginning to be a sense that if we focus and we work together, that we can produce results that could actually rebuild the nation, that could focus on the activities that would improve our economy. It's an interesting conversation when you actually quote the statistics from the government and show people that right now, according to the Social Security Administration's National Wage Index that just came out at the end of last year, 51% of Americans make less than $30,000 a year. And 94 million people are out of the workforce. That's 38% of the adult population. So you can make statistics, do whatever you want them to do. But when you look at the hard facts and you realize that we could do a lot better, and if you focus on solutions, then you don't have to spend a lot of time pointing fingers and complaining about who did what to whom. question is, what can you do to make it better? You may have been in a job scenario where either you're the boss or you're working for the boss and there's an idea or there's a problem that needs fixing. And the boss says, that's great. Do me a favor. If you've got a problem, bring it to me, but bring it with a solution. Don't just complain about what's wrong. Bring an idea that can make it better. You may not have the whole answer, but bring some suggestions. And that idea and that spirit 
of improvement, that spirit of continuously focusing on what can I do to make things better is a big part of how the country gets better across the board. So part of our opportunity today is to understand the impact of one of the key elements of improvement, personal improvement, organizational improvement, national improvement, and that's around the idea of mentoring. Mentoring means different things to different people. Mentoring is an idea that for a lot of folks conjures up the idea of volunteering time and sowing into somebody else's life, helping them develop a new skill set or solve a particular problem. From the mentee's standpoint, from the individual that's facing a challenge, a lot of times when we're right in the middle of the problem, we don't even think about going to find a mentor. Why? Because we're just totally engulfed in the challenge that's before us. Have you ever been in one of those challenging scenarios, maybe in your, in your job, where you were just working as hard as you can work, you're doing everything you know how to do, and the pressure's building up on you, you're starting to sweat, you're getting frustrated, and you're really concerned because the boss is eventually going to figure out you don't know what you're doing, you think. Or perhaps you're starting to have a confidence issue yourself. You're starting to begin to wonder, can I really do this? Do I have the skills? What happens if I don't? Holy smokes. Who's noticing? Now we've really got some challenges and you start to get into a a big oscillation in your own mind about the problems that you have before you. You know, I I remember a scenario that I had when I was a a pilot back in the Air Force days. And it was a pretty interesting scenario. We were in the beginning stages of Desert Storm. And for those of you that were watching CNN way back when, one of the challenges that we had in the early stages of Desert Storm was the weather. The weather was terrible the first three days of the war. And for those of us that were in the air-to-air combat role, our job was to get out in front of all the bombers, and we would go in and do what they call a MIG sweep. We'd go into the area of combat where the bombers were going to drop their ordnance, And we would be tasked with clearing out any of the airplanes, any of the hostile airplanes that were in there. We'd shoot them down or chase them off or whatever was required so that our bombers could get in, deliver their ordnance, and get back safely. Well, one of the key elements to being able to do that effectively, especially over long distances, is that you have to refuel. And you have to refuel several times, especially in those distances, depending on what part of the Middle East you were coming from, to do a bombing raid in the middle of uh, Iraq or in another location in Kuwait, depending on where we were headed. Well, one of the challenges that I found myself in one day had to do with the the actual task of air-to-air refueling. And it was one of those scenarios where the weather was horrendous, it was dark because it was nighttime, and when you are getting gas in hostile territory from a tanker, one of the things that you don't like to do is put a big bulletin board and say, hey, <laughs> hey, bad guys, here we are, because they have these things called surface-to-air missiles that will shoot down a tanker, and that's a really bad deal. So I found myself in a very dark night in bad weather on the way to a combat engagement, and for the life of me, I could not get on the tanker. And it was one of those things, the air was rough, and I was just having just a horrendous time. And to make it even more enjoyable... The flight lead that I was uh, working with that particular night, I was a wingman. My flight leader was our squadron commander. So here I am. We're going on a combat mission, and I cannot get my gas. Well, that's a real problem, especially uh, because if you can't get on the tanker, you can't go on the mission. If you can't go on the mission, that means 
your full complement of protection for the bombers isn't going to be there. And it's one thing if your jet breaks. It's a whole other thing if your lame excuse is you can't get on the tanker. So that's that's really entertaining. So when I mentioned before about sweating, I was sweating to beat the band. So we are we're just about to go across the Saudi-Iraqi border. I'm trying to get on the tanker. And one of the challenges with flying a fighter jet, sometimes if you, if you over-control the airplane, it starts to go into what's called a pilot-induced oscillation. So mind you, I'm about a foot away from a tanker that's got a boom that is trying to pass the fuel into my aircraft. I can't get settled down. I'm going into almost hyperventilation. And it's one of those things that when you get really frustrated, what do you have to do? you got to take a step back. And that was part of our routine. So I said, you know what? This isn't working so pretty well. So I backed off away from the tanker. I settled myself down. And then I came back at the tanker one more time. And eventually, I ham-fisted my way through, got the gas, and we were able to complete the mission. But that wasn't really the big lesson. The big lesson was after we got on the deck. And my squadron commander, who in, in many cases was a pretty gruff old guy, in this case, he took a different tack. He pulled me aside. We went and grabbed a cup of coffee. And he just started talking to me, started asking me questions. So, so what's going on? What's going on in your mind? And obviously, you know, the whole combat environment is enough to shake anybody up. But the, but the real issue was he was, as a mentor, beginning to ask questions that were telling him, was it a skill issue? Was it a fear issue? Was it just a, having an off night? We can all have an off night sometimes. What was really bothering me? And we went through a whole number of iterations. And one of the things that we discovered in this process was that what I had learned, the way I had learned to refuel, was using a technique. I was watching my mirrors and looking for the boom in the mirrors. And and ultimately, that caused a big challenge. And it was something I could get away with during the day when it's plenty of other cues and you can see where the airplanes are and you've got a horizon. Well, at night in thunderstorms with no light in the weather and about to go over the uh, combat zone, things get a little bit different. So as it turned out, we walked through a process and he helped me identify the real challenge. I was able to solve that challenge and, and every everybody lived happily ever after. But the point was that I learned from my squadron commander some very key things about the mentee's relationship. I didn't even think about the root cause of the challenge. I just knew I couldn't get the job done at that particular moment, and the consequences of not getting the job done were extreme. And I'm sure you probably had scenarios like that as well. But from the mentor's perspective, what was he doing? He was drilling down to find out what was the real problem. What, what can he do to identify the challenge and bring me to a place where, first of all, I was ready to accept input because that's one of the big challenges from the mentee's perspective is that I had to be open to instruction. The question is, was I? And obviously in that case, I was. I wanted to figure out why I wasn't able to perform. And in your life and the places where you perform at your top, That's easy to do. You can get better. But when you're frustrated and you're not getting the job done in some part of your life, you've got to be able to be thick-skinned and willing to take input. And so that's one of the challenges that I would suggest you really need to look at if you are taking on the role as the person that needs mentorship. Make sure that you're queued up so that you have a thick skin and can take the counsel. 
Because if you don't, then you have a real challenge. Because then you go into a place of excuses. And in that particular case in the flying world, I could have used all the excuses, except all of them end up being equal. You either get the job done or you don't get the job done. And part of the challenge we have in our country right now is there are a lot of people that are great at pointing figures. It's that person's fault. Here's the reason it's not working. It's the economy. It's this. It's that. All of that ultimately at the end of the day is irrelevant. What's relevant is what you have to do about it. So when you consider the idea of mentoring, you have to look at it from the standpoint of getting to the root issues with the people that you're working with. And understanding that sometimes it's going to take a little bit of digging because the mentee doesn't always understand what the root cause of the challenge is. And that's what happened with me that day, understanding what the real challenge was. It was a training technique. It was the way I had learned in pilot training on how to actually refuel. And I learned a new technique and I actually got with our weapons officer and he walked me through a couple of other techniques and and we got it handled. And that was, that was the end of that. Never had a problem with it again. So the good news about it is that sometimes in the mentor-mentee relationship, it may be around a particular skill set. It may be around a particular time in your life. And when we come back, we're going to actually talk about a process that you can go through to set up mentor-mentee relationships that serve you and serve the other person that you're working with. We'll be right back. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com. This is Steve Schwartz with pdgo.com. We've been in business for over 15 years and have created over 1,000 websites for clients across the USA and across the world. We help our clients have a custom, affordable website, and we teach them personally how they can very easily update the information on their websites themselves anytime they want to without being a techie. Take a look at pdgo.com and see samples of our work and testimonials that clients have said about our service. pdgo.com. Again, pdgo.com. At SurfPro of Vero Beach, no job is too big and no question is too small. So when fire, water, or mold damage strikes your home or business, call on SurfPro of Vero Beach at 772-770-0501. That's where you'll find a team of specialists that's faster to any size disaster. So when the things that matter most are on the line, make sure SurfPro of Vero Beach is too by calling 772-770-0501. That's SurfPro of Vero Beach, helping make fire, water, and mold damage like it never, ever happened. Franchises are independently owned and operated. Hi, this is Kelly Fisher, a supporter of the Making America Strong Again mission and your local real estate professional here on the Treasure Coast. It has been my honor to serve our community here in Vero Beach since 2003. And with over 1,500 home sales over the past 21 years, it's my hope that you will consider the Kelly Fisher team at Treasure Coast Sotheby's International Realty for all your real estate needs. It's also our desire that every family has a home and every home has a family. And we have partnered with the Homeless Family Center of Vero Beach to work toward that goal. When you buy or sell a home with the Kelly Fisher team, we will make a substantial contribution toward alleviating homelessness in our hometown. To be a part of this great mission, please call us at 772-321-6905. 
Welcome back to Making America Strong Again, the program dedicated to inspire you and to inspire a nation with stories of American exceptionalism and national restoration. Once again, here's your host, Steve Olds. Well, thanks again for being with us today. Our topic is mentorship. And in the previous segment, I described for you an environment that is a mentor-mentee relationship within a job where your boss is actually the person that's doing the mentoring. Now I want to focus a little bit on what it's like in a more casual relationship, perhaps in the entrepreneurial world. And this happens pretty frequently, especially with individuals that get to know each other in the marketplace. Maybe they meet at a chamber event and they're talking about different experiences they have. And a lot of times the mentor-mentee relationship doesn't begin in a formalized way, but it begins in more of a casual conversation. Maybe you ask for a little bit of counsel and you go offer to take somebody to lunch or grab a cup of coffee. One of the things that happens, and it's really important to pay attention to, especially if you're taking on the role of mentor, is understanding the scope of what you're being asked to do. It's one thing to go have a cup of coffee and and, uh, shoot some ideas back and forth on a particular topic. When you begin to pursue either because you think it's a good idea or because someone wants to be mentored is asking for help, we really need to look at the details. In other words, what is the scope of the relationship that we're beginning to step into? One of the challenges a lot of people have is that they don't set boundaries and expectations in advance. Many times that's simply because it begins to develop without a particular plan. In other words, we start having coffee once a week and suddenly that develops into an hour, an hour and a half. And now you begin to realize that you've in effect made a commitment without articulating the details of the arrangement. So people begin to have expectations and their feelings can get hurt if you change the subject and and stop working with the person. So one of the easiest ways to do that is, first of all, to recognize your value in somebody else's life. And if you're going to invest time with somebody, you have to do it on purpose with a particular objective in mind. And you also have to look at your time investment. For example, some people are focused on a particular issue like I described. I was talking about a particular training challenge I had in my job. For some people, they may be interested in a bigger picture, like trying to figure out what it is that they really need to do in terms of developing a marketing strategy for their business, or they have a new product idea, or a line extension, or something that has to do with something that is a little bit more complex, or perhaps longer term. Maybe it's designing an entire growth strategy to move into a franchising environment. Whatever it happens to be, there are boundaries that you have to establish. And it's always easier to expand the boundaries than to shrink them. So if you're considering a mentoring relationship, or perhaps you are in one right now that maybe isn't even a defined mentoring relationship, you've meeting, you're meeting somebody once a week or every couple of weeks and you're talking about something, think about where that's really headed. One of the best ways to begin to tighten up that relationship is to ask the individual what it is that they're really trying to get at. What what do they want to see happen? What are the goals in this particular conversation? I'd love to help you, but my time is really valuable, and we need to pin this down so that I can, first of all, understand how much time this is going to take and understand that the value that I can deliver, make sure I'm the right person to deliver that. Because part of the challenge with mentoring sometimes is we ask people for counsel who may have a tangential knowledge of the subject but may not be the best person. So one of the issues is making sure that you're being mentored by somebody who can really help you 
achieve a particular goal. So that really comes to light when you identify the goals and objectives for a particular relationship. Is it something that has a defined start and end? If not, it's a good idea to put some boundaries on it. One of the other elements is expectations. In other words, I need to know that if I'm going to invest time mentoring you, that there's going to be some expectation that you're going to take the advice and test it, implement it, find out what the impact is. In other words, we're not just going to sit down and have coffee forever and ever, but there are some people that really want to talk about all the things that they could do, but they're real short on implementation. That's a drag. And what you begin to find out, if you don't pin down the expectation that whatever we're going to talk about, you're going to actually go use and show me that you're using and find out what you're learning in the process, then basically we're not having a mentoring relationship. We're having a a conversation that's not going anywhere. It's not producing any results. And if that's the kind of relationship you want to have, that's fine. That's your call. You just have to make sure that you know what the boundaries are. But one of the things that you'll learn pretty quickly is that there are a lot of people in this world who like to think big, like to talk about all sorts of things, but they're very short on taking the action steps because that requires accountability. A lot of people don't want to be accountable. They like the idea of the result, but they don't really want to find out what happens if it doesn't work. They don't want to be accountable for results that don't meet their expectations. Well, that's a challenge. That's a big challenge. So part of what you have to do is begin to set that up in such a way that you're both in agreement in advance. So if we agree, we're going to work on this together, we're going to work on this particular timeline, we're going to work on this particular arrangement, and the other element of this agreement must be how it is that we're going to deal with conflict. In other words, I need to know that if we're not in agreement on something, that we're going to talk about it. We're not going to just shove it under the table. And you begin to find out pretty quickly, too, whether people really want counsel. Because if they are defending their ideas over and over and over again, and they're not willing to take the advice, or they're not willing to at least test the advice, then that tells me they're not really interested in being mentored. They don't really want the input. They want to feel like they're getting the input, but they're not willing to actually use it. So that tells me either I'm not the right fit, or for whatever reason, that individual is not really ready for the input. So those are questions that you have to ask. So what are some of the other challenges with mentorship in today's environment? Well, first of all, a lot of people don't really think about sowing seed into somebody else's life. They don't think about the value to them as the mentor to give their time, give their energy, and give their attention to somebody else because we're so wrapped up in the what's in it for me. Well, I'm here to tell you that one of the biggest blessings that you'll have in your life is the time and the energy that you sow into somebody else's life, especially around an area that you are a subject matter expert in. Because when you do, there's some very interesting things that happen. That mentee is not the only one that grows from that relationship. You'll grow in incredible ways. And I can tell you in my life, there have been several people that have asked me for advice and counsel, and I've been happy to give it to them. Some of the folks decide not to use it, and the relationship doesn't stay very long. Others have grasped it. They've held on to it. They've used it, and they continue to come back, and they want to grow deeper and deeper in relationship and also in implementation. That's beautiful. 
And I can tell you that I've grown because I've learned how to communicate more effectively. I've learned what are some of the stumbling blocks for people and their timeline and the challenge that they have. And so it gives us a way to really work together and pursue strength. And when I share the blessing that they are, that mentee is in my life, you should see their eyes get big because they don't really understand because they're still learning what they really don't understand yet because they've not done the mentoring role. But when they find out that this is a two-way relationship and it's not just my expertise, it's amazing what happens. So think about that. Look for ways and take the challenge to find somebody that you can sow into, somebody that you can help. It may be a professional relationship. It may be in your church environment. It may be in a different type of social environment. But whatever it is, look for somebody that you can serve somebody that you can share your experience with, draw the boundaries and look at what grows out of it. Look at what grows out of that relationship. That, my friends, is all part of making America strong again. Take the challenge. You'll enjoy it. Making America Strong Again is brought to you by Patriot Mission. To learn more about national restoration, get free resources at www.makingamericastrongagain.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.